Nobody likes the word submit. I'm sure of it. Uh, it feels foreign. It feels dangerous. Um, and we just long for intimacy. Into me see. Don't you get it? <laughs> so my suggestion is that we taste and we see if it's good and safe. You know, I was I was watching some couples on a dance floor, you know, one of those boring dancing type shows. And you know, there was rhythm, there was movement as this couple just glided across the dance floor and he sort of gently led and she moved in response. She would tilt her head and he would follow. And there was just this flow, this passion, there was this love. Um, there was this grace and beauty, purpose, direction. It was it was overwhelming, you know. The, and there was this music that led them both. Uh, it was, you know, they kept in time with it. And the rise and fall of the notes of the music. Um, they were just listening to what the composer had in mind for that music. And it was, an, it was actually a perfect expression of uh, submission. You know, they to each other and, and them to the music. And you know, they were forgiving of every little flaw that each other made. But then there was this other couple on the floor, and they were struggling. Uh, one wanted to hip-hop, while the other one wanted to line dance. And the music was strictly ballroom. <laughs> it just wasn't working. No one submitted to each other, and there was no listening to the music. In Amos 3.3 it says, Can two walk, or, or dance, together, except they be agreed? You know, I, you know, I just long for the for the perfect dance. You know, a flow of unity, uh, but more often I get a feel of push and pull, a demand, a manipulation. You will submit, and I demand you to do this. And relationships become policies and procedures, rules and regulations, real estate agreements, rather than walking in like a threefold unison with something bigger than ourselves. Um, you know, the word submit can be like a trigger word for for some. It, it sends them off to memories of compliance and abuse. It's a power over than a power with. And the word often comes with two words. It actually comes from two words, which, which means to send under. Look, I don't want to be sent under. I, I don't want anyone else. I don't, know, I don't think anyone else wants to be sent under as well. You know, we like to have a control. We like to have a sense of uh, self-efficacy, um, independence to be embraced and not be under the power and control of someone else. Yet, if we're actually honest, <laughs> we actually like others to submit to our desires, don't we? You know, to submit, you know, you do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. Um, to submit, though, I think... It is one of those places that we come to when we have run out of options of living a fully self-contained life. Um, we need help beyond what is in our control. Um, then there's that moment, or for some, it's, it's like a chasm to cross, when we have to decide whether we trust what we are submitting ourselves to or not. Uh, years ago, I had a small surgical operation on my heart. It had been beating really, really irregularly and fast. And it was getting worse. We tried medication. That didn't seem to help. So uh, I went to see a surgeon. 
Uh, he'd had a lot of training, specialist skills, and he sat down and explained exactly what was happening in my heart. And it was like a, a short circuit in my heart. And every now and again, I'm just going really, really fast. And he said he could fix it. He said he had threaded up some wires up into my heart and then basically zap it with a laser. <laughs> and it's called uh, atrial fibrillation ablation. And you can, there's a link in the blog post if you want to read about it. But he, he sat, sat me down and talked me through all the risks. You know, the healthcare, uh, everything that could go wrong. But he assured me that he had done this sort of thing many, many times with great successes. And then he asked me the big question, shall we go ahead? <laughs> so here, here was my moment of decision. Would I surrender and submit to have someone else in control? Or would I stubbornly be kind of self-reliant and keep battling the heart condition in my own strength? It, it came down to my trust in the surgeon. Did I feel he had my best interests in hand? Was there compassion and concern? Was he skilled? Did he have the knowledge to perform this operation? Was there love? And so I said yes. <laughs> and the day came and I was given a mild sedative and wheeled into the operating room and the surgeon made a few cuts and threaded some very thin wires up into my heart. And actually I could look up on like an x-ray screen up there and I could see the wires going into my heart and my heart beating and it was all kind of quite surreal. And But with absolute precision, he found the exact misfiring part of my heart, activated it, my heart went brrrr, and um, just to make sure that it was the right spot. <laughs> and then, then he um, gave it a zap with some sort of laser, I don't know, um, and burnt that misfunctioning, malfunctioning wiring and from then on, I've actually had no problem at all with my heart. Um, but the thing I remember the most was that brief moment when I knew that he was in control of my heart. <laughs> you know, he could do whatever he wanted. I had submitted uh, to his knowledge. I had submitted to his skills. I was totally at his mercy and grace. And I'm so grateful that he was a lover of life. <laughs> and look... Um, I've seen miracles happen right before my eyes. I've seen things happen that seem totally impossible. In particular, I'm talking about uh, traumas of the heart. Um, and there always seems to be a strange, mysterious mixture of submission and sacrificial love. A stubborn resistance to submit is met with like this overwhelming expression of love. It's like you can't help but surrender and submit to this act of love because not to do so would be like spitting in the face of perfection. It would bring hurt to the giver of the gift. And I think that is what happens when we come to experience the depth and quality of love that God has for us at a heart level. It's the laying down of one's life for a friend. It's the, it's the giving of thought of what, if anything, of, you know, no thought of what will, could be returned. Um, no manipulation, no strings attached. It's pure love for the benefit of the other. And I love this quite from Wyla Carter. It's, it's come from a novel. Where there is great love, there are always miracles, he said at length. One might also say that an apparition is a human vision corrected by divine love. I do not see you as you really are, Joseph. I see you through my affection for you. 
The miracles of the church seem to rest not so much upon faces or voices or healing power coming suddenly near us from afar off, but upon our perceptions being made finer, so that for a moment our eyes can see and our ears can hear what there is about us always. You know, for my surgeon, <laughs> I'm sure that, like there were multiple options he could have chosen as a, as a career. But I wonder if the healing profession was something like a call of the heart. Um, he could have been, he would have been compensated you know, for his work. But perhaps there was something deeper going on that, that um, something of love for his fellow man that drove him to take on the, del the risk of delving into the suffering human heart. <laughs> I submit to selfless love. I, I surrender to pure sacrifice. And so, that, you know, when I'm talking with people, I've got to say, well, have I walked the talk enough so that you would submit a section of your life to my inquiry? You know, another story, medical story. I remember seeing a doctor for some medical complaint and felt there was no interest in me and my well-being. I was a body that needed medication. Here's the prescription. Out the door. Next patient, body. I never went back to him. I have uh, submitted some of the deep stories of my heart to people who I thought were safe. But instead of being heart surgeons, I discovered they were mechanics of lawyers. There was no compassion, no moving of the gut. Instead, uh, there were systems and harsh rules and force that I had to submit to. So the walls go up. We become reluctant to submit the depths to people living in the shallows. You know, and this submission teaching um, seems to be particularly hardest on women. You know, people bring out the big stick of wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. And they disregard the verses before him which say submit yourselves to each other. What would it be like though for a woman to discover love from a man that totally has her best interest in his focus? Much so much so that he willingly puts every self-interest he has to the side. Her well-being, her heart, her very essence are his focus. What would it be like to have a man be fully vulnerable to a woman's love? Now, for men, fully vulnerable. And would you submit to that love? You know, I was raised on a sheep farm here in New Zealand and I remember going out with my father at lambing time to care for the ewes, the female sheep who were giving birth. And whether it was a beautiful spring day or in the midst of a wild, wet storm, we would walk the hills and see if the flock was okay. And now and then uh, we would see a sheep in distress. Then a decision would be made whether to intervene or not. The sheep wouldn't just come up to us and ask us for help. That never happened. Instead, it would run. It would run and it run. It run from us, a flea. Um, it thought we meant it harm, but eventually, after much effort and running around the paddock, we, we would catch it, and it would slump and it would stop fighting us. It would submit. Uh, we would help it give birth and then leave it and its newborn lamb to get on with the bonding and the feeding, and we would step aside and make sure everything went as it should. That's called animal husbandry. Um, 
To be a husband is to care for the soil, the land, the sheep, the household. And Jesus was the perfect husband. <laughs> right? He, he didn't have a wife, but he had us. Has us. And he said that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus not only gave up his life, but he actually gave up his demand that we submit to him. Because it's a choice, isn't it? Whether we want to submit to Christ or not. And, and he still seeks us out in, his, in our lostness. You know, there's a, a parable he tells us. By this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. Now just read it this way. Read, submitting to his love. <laughs> they were feeling the total love of Christ towards them. Wow. Uh, the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. And they growled. He takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. And I want you to read this way. The people were no longer submitting to their rules. They were no longer giving them honour. And so they grumbled and the, the grumble triggered the story in Jesus. He said, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? Then found, you can be sure that you'd put it across your shoulders, rejoicing. And when you got home, call your neighbours and your friends and say, celebrate me, I've lost my found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven when one sinner is rescued than over 99 good people and no need of rescue. Look, we, both men and women, are like that wayward sheep. We think we know best. So we will not submit to perfect love. A sacrificial love that goes out into the wild storms of life to meet us where we are. We bark and we strain at the very idea of submitting. That's until we collapse, fall, surrender and rest upon the shoulders of one that has pursued us into the wilderness. What does the word submit do in you. What does it trigger? You know, for many people, it's a word that has three other words bound to it. I will never. I will never submit. Submit. Submission can be enmeshed with the, the word abuse. Um, you will submit to me because I'm your mother. I'm your father. I'm bigger than you. I'm the church leader. I'm your husband. I'm your wife. I have the power. And so often submission has been a demand to get something for themselves rather than being something wholeheartedly good for you. But possibly to submit has an invite to taste and see. I want to taste and see if that love is pure. Is this person that? Is this person? Is that? Is this a person that is safe to hold my heart? Can I submit my heart to their care? So I test the waters. I submit a little and see if there is love and respect. I dance with the Christ and see if there is a demand to, to do something out of tune. He leads, guides, pushes, pulls, and I submit to his moves. I flex, he follows. <laughs> Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I taste and see if this person is good. Are they safe? I submit a little and see if there is an unselfish movement towards me. And when I submit to God, I submit to have their full way with me. 
but they never ever take advantage of it. They know how they know much better than I about what I need. There are no strings attached, no selfish desires, nothing to do with them at all. They have my best interests at heart. I will not submit moves to can I taste more so I can love more. It's a dance of embracing and surrender to each other. Here's some quotes. Compassion changes everything. Compassion heals. Compassion mends the broken and restores what has been lost. Compassion draws together those who have been estranged or never even dreamed they were connected. Compassion pulls us out of ourselves and into the heart of another, placing us on holy ground where we instinctively take off our shoes and walk in reverence. Compassion springs out of vulnerability and triumphs in unity. Judy Canato. Rob Bell says that opening up your soul to someone, letting them into your spirit, thoughts, fears, future hopes, dreams, that is being naked. Another quote, can you be vulnerable yet? We all need touch and hugs, but first we must take down the walls that have been built too high around our hearts. David Riddell. Any approach to life that doesn't centre in trust eventually produces misery. Larry Crabb. Only love can soften a heart, hard heart. Only love can renew trust after it has been shattered. Only love can inspire acts of genuine self-sacrifice. Only love can free us from the tyrannizing effects of fear. David Benner. God is no stranger to the process of repairing damaged relationships. His trust has been broken many times by those he loves. John Townsend, Henry Cloud. Some questions. Where have you discovered or seen abuse related to the word submit? Number two, what makes it safe for someone to submit? Number three, what would it be like to have someone give love fully to you with no explanation of return? That's this week's post. Um, I hope it's helpful to you. Um, email me. I'd really love to hear from you. It's barry at turningthepage.co.nz and I um, hope this blog or this um, the podcast has been really helpful to you. Hey, if you want to support what I'm doing here, um, really would love that. It's um, You can support on a regular basis for a, um, $1 a month, US dollar a month. That's nothing, is it really? <laughs> um, just come over to turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay, bye.